Cheerfulness is the best promoter of health and is as friendly to the mind as to the body. Happiness is nothing more than good health and a bad memory. Hello and welcome to episode 352 of Under the Cull of MS. This is a Wellness Wednesday episode. Those are two different uh, quotes that kind of relate to the same thing. Today is Ash Wednesday and I just, every time an older person talks about anything, Lately, they're always bringing up people that are sick, people that are having problems, all the negative things and stuff in life. But if you think happy thoughts, have a few good ass affirmations a day or whatever, that positivity will make your body feel better. Negativity is going to make your body feel worse. So why focus on the negative? Let's look at the good things in life. See where they get you. But instead of looking at a elderly person that's struggling to walk, say their hair, hair looked great and they're out and about and it was great to see them. It's like, we don't have many days left to spend with each other. Let's look at the positives instead of always looking at the negatives. What are we going to do? You can't change the elderly <laughs> too much. They're stuck in their ways. We can only try. So let's see. What do we have to talk about today? Let's start out here. Well, let's start out straight ahead with multiple, <laughs> multiple sclerosis, MS. Different types and symptoms. Some symptoms of MS can include, but are not limited to, fatigue, numbness or tingling, because these aren't enough problems. We definitely should be able to find more. Uh, Vision problems, muscle weakness and stiffness, spasticity. I don't know what happened. I was doing better. With my overall body pains and with my spasticity issues. And all of a sudden, everything just went to shit. The past couple weeks, it's been getting worse and worse day by day. The body, the overall body pains have amped up. I'm on. The second to last pain patch. I'm on a 750, I think it is right now. And the last one I can bump up to is the 900, which I guess I might as well do. I don't think I've gotten anything from these patches. I can't remember the name of them offhand. I've mentioned them in the past. But uh, yeah, it's, I was all happy getting my. Three weeks worth of knee injections in, and by the time I got to the third week of injections, my body just reverted itself to the 
main pains everywhere again, and that just sucks because you get the pain out of the knee. You know, you're trying to get the pain out of the knees. They aren't doing too well this round. My right one is not. Doesn't even seem like it had the cortisone or the three shots of goo put into it. I didn't even really get much of the numbing effect. It lasted like a the first injection, the first day or two. That was about all I really got from it. Beyond that, I've been struggling with those. Doing any type of benefits, so hopefully they'll gradually benefit me over the next week or so they'll start showing some potential uh but while i was getting those i noticed my foot pains were amping up and getting worse again so i was thinking i'd go in and get the foot injections here pretty soon but now the overall every cell in my body pains are amped up again and i'm trying to think august is when i got my started my Maven clad, August, September, October, November, December, January, February. So we're just beyond the six-month mark. We're going into month seven, and people did start having problems. Later on, the ones that were getting uh, some relief from their symptoms, and issues and I was all excited hoping that I could talk to the doctor about skipping year two until we started to have a bunch of bad shit start to kick in again and obviously that's already happening so that idea is out the window uh we're just gonna have to struggle through this and see what we can do see See if we can beat the monster at it, at its little games. Uh, it did not help that during these three weeks of knee injections, I was lucky to get one day a week. That was a partial day where I wasn't doing stuff for other people. And getting stuff done I needed to get done and so that didn't help I didn't get my three days of relaxation after the injections and letting the injections do what they need to do uh, I am half-assing it on some of my oddball pills like my flaxseed oils my omega-3s all that shit because i was trying to figure out what was causing me to not like coffee tea and peanut butter anymore but i never found anything out through all those so i've been gradually reintroducing all those back i haven't got back into all my cbd thc uh my different oils and ointments and salves and all that shit. It was nice having a few months of not having to put all that shit in and out on my body. But the way it looks, we're going to have to go back to full bore 
and all those things and get try and get these pains to somewhat mellow out enough that I can get shit done without really struggling to do it. <laughs> it's just I don't know. I'll have to call. I don't know if I don't call this week. I'll call early next week and get my foot injections scheduled. But we will have to see. I'm gonna probably go to a movie on Friday to try and end this week with a little happy note. Take a break from all this other crap because it's just been a lot of insane craziness past few weeks with things happening, card games and all that, taking care of all the elderly and taking care of getting other things done that need to be done before spring and get caught up on that. But we'll see what happens with all that. But other symptoms, walking, gait difficulties, which... Those are, of course, increased right now because of the body pains, the balance issues, the coordination difficulties, the bowel and bladder problems. Those, uh, I can't hold hold my urine <laughs> to save my ass lately. It's like, as soon as you have to go, you better go. Because it, if you think that it's just starting to build up, no, two seconds later, you got to go. So, yeah, that's all amped up again. Not enjoying that. Had a couple issues with that already in the past two weeks, two, three weeks. Uh, speech problems, slurred speech. I've noticed I've been having some more issues with that lately. And my cognitive stuff and cog fog and all that cognitive changes memory problems decreased concentration slower thinking emotional changes i've been very my emotions have been all over the place but i've been trying i've been really 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 trying to stay positive uh sexual dysfunction don't have time to even think about that right now and deal with fight through that all those issues, just, I can pretty much say everything on that list is amped up over the last month. Uh, I did notice with the numbness and tingling, my freaking left left arm has increased now. It got worse. And it is my left side. That's my bad side. But damn it, that pisses me off. And the two things, I, I can deal with the pains and the walking and all the issues with that. I can work around them. They're a pain in the ass. I just, I want my hands. I don't want to lose my fucking hands. It's like hands and eyesight are the two things that I don't want to lose the most. The rest sucks. But I can work around it and struggle with it and get through it in my own way, shape, and form. But losing my hands really sucks because everything I enjoy, I need my hands for. So, 
Uh, different types of MS, of course, we know now they classify them under clinically isolated syndrome, which classifies as a single episode of MS-like symptoms lasting at least 24 hours. A person with CIS may or may not develop MS and no new disability between attacks. Relapsed and remitting MS, or RMS, is the most common form of MS. Symptoms may improve or disappear during remission recovery. No new disability between attacks, but followed by a steady increase in disability. And where I am, secondary progressive MS, SPMS, is symptoms worsen steadily over time, may or may not have relapses or remissions, and most people with RRMS will transition to SPMS eventually. Uh, that's the thing that worries me is that is if some of these issues start to advance again. That's what scares me the most with this medication giving me a little break from certain things being as not as painful as normal and now they're getting back to where they were. Are they going to go above and beyond where we're at? That's what scares the shit out of me. I don't want to wake up next couple mornings and all of a sudden have to can't even get out of bed and I'm fucking bedridden. So, yeah. It's been a struggle with the, with the damn bladder issues and the, every cell in the body, pain issues and all that being amped up again. It's it really sucks when you're you gotta climb that flight of stairs and you gotta wake up in the middle of the night with spasticity problem. I increased last night. I had I had muscle and leg spasticity and cramping so bad last night. I don't know why. The last two, three nights have been really amped up with that. I've had a couple episodes a night before that, but now it's like 10 or more episodes a night that I'm dealing with. So it's like as soon as you fall asleep, you have something go off and then you're awake again. You're struggling to try and get that pain to go away without having to jump out of bed and stand up and try and straighten all your body parts and get the cramping, the Charlie horses, the spasms, all the go chill out and go away and with having a damn cat you just oh we're getting up we're going to play we're gonna go outside we're gonna go go upstairs we're gonna do this we're gonna do that it's like no let me deal with my pain you little prick it's like well you get so damn pushy that you just get frustrated and then fight to get up the damn staircase and, and go out in the garage or out on the back porch barefoot and see if that'll help relieve any of the muscle contractions and pains and issues but that little trick worked when i was a child but now that i'm older that trick doesn't work anymore which sucks because that was one of my go-to's 
stand on something cold and eventually the re- I'd get some release release or relief from the issues but nope not anymore um, massaging them the areas doesn't help I've tried hand massage I tried other people massaging I tried massagers I tried so many different things and you still try them and use them and do do what you can and you're just not it's useless all the different uh, cosmetic and uh, foams and salves and oils and ointments that I try and rub into the muscles to get them to relax it's just nothing nothing not to work anymore to help it so it's just you gotta fight it out and find the most comfortable comfortable position to fight out the issues then we bounce up to primary progressive ms ppms which is the least common form of ms steady progression of disability without attacks no relapses or remissions then we have progressive relapsing ms which is the newest addition to the classification of ms and this is the rarest absolute rarest form it's steady progression from the beginning uh, just constantly getting worse and worse and worse at a rapid pace uh, acute relapses but no remissions with or without recovery so that's our newest one now we got Things like, oh, what's this had to do with it? Neuromyelitis optica, NMO, also known as Devic's disease, is an autoimmune disorder that primarily affects the optic nerves and spinal cord. The damage to the optic nerves causes pain and loss of vision. Individuals who experience damage to the spinal cord may experience weakness or paralysis in the legs or arms and problems with bladder and bowel function. With NMO, there may be periods of remission and relapse like NM, like MS. I have noticed too, I've been having some vision issues again. But it's mostly cloudy vision, uh, light loss. So I suppose that's not good. That kind of classifies with that. Uh, and I have the one thing, I can't think of the name of it now, with the world bouncing like a basketball and spinning around and all that shit amping up with my vertigo amping up again. Uh, and they talk about at the freighter group which i'm part of they have a multiple sclerosis clinic a member of the consortium of multiple sclerosis centers and recognized by the national multiple sclerosis society i don't need to talk about that that's the team that i'm with which is nice to be part of a and a and multiple sclerosis group finally of doctors uh speaking about spasticity issues and stuff like that if you have anybody that's dealing with uh spasms and uh, 
muscle. Basically, like, well, this was designed for a little girl that would have hundreds of spasms a day where her whole body would just shake and she would uh, suffer from these things all day and day and night and her parents couldn't figure out anything and this these two guys i think it was two guys from colorado that uh designed the stanley brothers yeah i believe that's their name this char this charlotte's web uh cbd oil and uh you can get it in different forms they have capsules gummies oils but it's uh Products that are made with whole plant hemp extract, lemon balm, and botanicals that help you lead a more calm, balanced life. So you have the power to take on whatever comes next is their logo. Uh, it's basically designed to help with spasticity issues and stuff and help the little girl quite a bit. And she'd have a couple episodes a day after that they got her on this thing instead of having hundreds of episodes so if you deal with knowing anybody that's going through shakes and tremors and spasticity issues and stuff that might be something to check out and then let's see let's talk about some super healthy foods of course Things like apples and avocados. And if you want to design your own style of diet or lifestyle, don't call it a diet. Call it a lifestyle change and design a lifestyle around things that you enjoy and things that benefit you. And just start a diary and try each one item out at a time and see how your body responds and see how you feel the next day and stuff like that. And it can be a pain pain in the ass process long taking like one item a week or something like that and trying it out some of the programs require you to add a item a month or every couple of months uh, it could take forever to figure out what would be a good lifestyle change for you but i say just try it a few days at a time uh, bananas blueberries oranges strawberries uh Eggs are great for you. Get your protein and your... They fill you up and stuff. Lean beef. Chicken breast. Lamb. Uh, are all positive meats for us. Uh, almonds. Chia seeds. I still love my chia seed tea. With the lemon, honey, and uh, cinnamon. That's all that's in it with chia seeds and water. But I only go about a tablespoon of chia seeds. Because if you go more, it's hard to choke up that many down. <laughs> I like them in a small amount, but not a huge amount. I haven't tried chia pudding yet. Uh, coconuts, macadamia nuts, walnuts, Bra Brazil nuts. 
all things you can enjoy and a lot of things you can share with your squirrel friends. If you have any squirrels outside, peanuts, don't give them any nutrition. Got to give them like walnuts and almonds and stuff like that. Uh, the healthier nuts. Asparagus, bell peppers, broccoli, carrots. And you can add all those into like a quiche with eggs. Then you get all those good things all at once. Cauliflower, cucumber, garlic, kale, onions, tomatoes. And some people have issues with tomatoes, so be careful with that. See how your body reacts with everything. But some people say that the acidity from tomatoes affects them. Uh, Salmon, sardines, shellfish shrimp, trout, and tuna are all great fish. Seafoods to add to your diet. Get your omega-3s and all that from them. You have brown rice, oats, and quinoa if you need your starchiness added to your foods. Uh, Breads, Ezekiel bread, it's edible, but it's hard to get used to. Uh, homemade low carb breads. They do have, I think it's called Cabin or something like that. Has a very good tasting one that DDP promotes. Um, so there are decent ones out there, but look at those ingredients list green beans, kidney beans, lentils, and throw that. Oh, no, you don't want to throw all those in a chili. <laughs> you can make lentil meatloaf, though, stuff like that. Peanuts, uh, cheese, whole milk, yogurt. Uh, go for your Greek yogurt. Make sure it's a good one. Don't go for the regular yogurt. They're just full of sugar. Check your cheeses. Harder cheeses are better for you. Uh as far as milks go, I don't even drink milk anymore. I'll use it for cooking, but other than that, I like my almond milk. I am definitely used to that. Extra virgin olive oil, coconut oil. Uh, I like, I personally like using uh, uh, sunflower, is it sunflower seed oil and uh, avocado oils because of cooking in higher temperatures above 350 your extra virgin olive oil will start smoking above 350 and i think coconut oil will also start smoking at a lower temperature so you got to watch those use different oils for higher temperatures but there are some good healthy ones out there that you can choose from uh, potatoes and sweet potatoes. They say sweet potatoes are good. Potatoes, they usually say are bad. Uh, but I like using potatoes. They're filling and I don't care. They don't, I haven't seen no bad effects on my body from them. So other than weight gain, maybe <laughs> apple cider vinegar and dark chocolate are also at the top of healthy foods on the list. But 
Whether you want to overhaul your diet or simply change up your meals, it's easy to add a number of these foods to your routine. Many of the foods that we talked about not only make a great snack, but are also packed with vitamins and antioxidants. Some of them even aid in weight loss. If you don't normally challenge your challenge your palate, don't be afraid of trying something new. And check with your doctor if you're changing your diets around to make sure everything that you're doing is safe and healthy. But we'll end this segment, this portion here, and we'll get right back with a few more health-related items right after this. Okay, we're back with some more health stuff. Dealing my foot. My feet getting worse again. I have a feeling my plantar fasciitis is going to pop up any day now. That usually strikes the left foot the worst. Uh, it's like plantar fasciitis refers to a pain in the bottom of the foot around the heel in the arch. This pain results from inflammation of a ligament called the plantar plantar fascia. Got stupid hiccups going again, burping, hiccuping. That connects to the heel to the front of the foot. Although it is not a symptom of multiple sclerosis, some people with MS also experience plantar fasciitis. There are several causes of plantar fasciitis in people with MS, and luckily several treatments exist to alleviate the inflammatory pain. Walking is one of the most commonly affected aspects of life for people with MS. Uh, Difficulties with walking can have a significant impact on your life. For instance, a study found that Individuals with walking problems that were employed suggested that difficulty with walking can affect your ability to complete everyday tasks, such as those required by a job. It can be challenging to perform many activities when you are walking, when your walking is limited. Not only is it difficult to walk long distances, but it can also be hard to ride a bike, drive a car, anything that requires footwork, leg work. Uh, Problems with balance can also lead to falls. Individuals often fall while performing routine activities, such as walking, bathing, or preparing meals. According, well, that's more study percentages and stuff Uh, they talk about people with multiple sclerosis reporting more falls than normal people and sustaining falls multiple times injuries are often reported as a result of these falls and Walking problems can affect other areas of life as well as a person's ability to move around decreases. They may lose the desire to leave the house. This can mean missing out on social activities, 
hobbies and quality time with loved ones. It's like we had my uncle over the other day and he's like been trying to get us to come up to his cabin up north and just spend a few days up there, do some fishing, hang out up at the cabin. I just don't understand that it just would be complete and utter misery for me to with all the worrying about issues happening and then the issues happening because of the stress and all that and who knows what kind of issues and all that i just prefer not to bother people with those things and just hide in my area and just deal with my own shit myself it's just easier i guess than constantly answering questions and dealing with people that are like, well, I deal with those pains. I don't know. I can get through the day. It's like, uh, I wish you could have the pains the same way I have the pains. It's <laughs> Then you might understand it's definitely puts a strain on your life and your lifestyle and we deal with things a little bit differently than uh, the normies. Plantar phaeaceus is one of the most frequent causes of heel pain. It is characterized by a stabbing foot pain that often starts in the morning and improves with movement throughout the day because you're stretching that muscle. And that's the main thing is that stupid muscle that goes from the back of the foot to the front of the foot. And it just, it's all tight in there. And a thing that I do regular, well, not regularly anymore. I have been slacking with it the past few months because I wasn't dealing with as much pain at the moment. So I backed off on some of my things, which is probably stupid. But I have a couple different types of, I got like a handball ball and uh tennis ball I keep next to my chairs so I can just roll it underneath the center of my foot and help stretch that muscle. You can do wall stretches where you stand against the wall, put your foot toes against the wall, and your heel on the floor about a 45 degree angle and just stretch it out. Uh, you can stay, do the tiptoe standing things where you stand holding a wall of course or something so you don't tip over and then just stand up on your tiptoes and help stretch that muscle and there's a variety of things that my physical therapist would have me do using the rubber bands and stuff to pull on the foot to stretch it and so check with your physical therapist for little tips from them the plantar fascia supports the arch of the foot when you are walking and acts as a shock absorber. Injury to this ligament can cause inflammation, leading to plantar fasciitis. In many cases, the exact cause of plantar fasciitis is not known. However, repetitive stretching and tearing of the plantar fascia is a known source of its <coughs> inflammation. Excuse me. Getting a little hoarse there all of a sudden. MS-related plantar fasciitis does not develop as a symptom of the disease itself, but rather a result of walking-related issues, which are common in people with MS. 
Walking problems are caused by one or more of these factors associated with MS. Uh, loss of balance, change in sensation, muscle tightness, leg weakness, fatigue, all of which are amped up right now for me. So that's why I'm worried it's going to be popping up any day again. Uh, maintaining proper balance depends on many different body parts and processes. These include the eyes, the ears, the sensory nerves, the cerebellum, part of the brain that coordinates voluntary movements, and a wide range of muscles. MS can affect all these parts of the body. Other symptoms of MS, such as fatigue and spasticity, can also contribute, contribute to loss of balance. Uh, loss of balance typically appears as an unsteady side-to-side gait, sometimes called a drunk walk. Damage to the cerebellum specifically can result in a neurological condition known as ataxia, which can cause the, this altered gait. The side-to-side swaying of this gait exerts pressure on the feet, causing strain to the plantar fascia, and I'm always tilting to the right side myself. Or turning to the right and walking into a wall. or <laughs> Medically known as parathesia, sensory problems are among the earliest MS symptoms. And these sensory disturbances include increased sensitivity, burning, numbness, and tingling. Numbness in particular can cause sensory deficits in the feet. This results in problems feeling objects such as shoes as well as the ground. I just went through a, I'm finally getting rid of the bump in my foot. The bruises all and the blackness, all the blood that collected in the toes and everything. I don't know what I did. I think I smacked a step or something with my foot. Because my foot was too low coming up and... My three middle toes just turned complete black. We didn't even go black and blue. Oh, we were black and blue for a little while, but and it went halfway up my foot and had a huge lump on it. And I'm like, just woke up one day and seen that, and it's like, what did I do? <laughs> so you have time, you don't need to know it happened until you start to see the injury. But yeah, numbness can also cause a person to. With MS, to walk in hard, stomping, heavy steps, which can exert strain on the plantar fascia. Uh, Muscle tightness, also known as spasticity, results from a signal imbalance in the central nervous system. Spasticity causes the muscles to become stiff and heavy, leading to difficulty with movement. If your legs are weak, muscle tightness can usually help you move from one point to another more easily. However, for most people with MS, spasticity hinders mobility. Spasticity can cause poor posture. In turn, poor posture can result in improper alignment of the foot and ankle, causing strain to the plantar fascia. And I also got, I'm also screwed with my left foot, which is my main plantar foot. I do get it in both feet, but it the majority of the time it's to my left, but that's also my deformed foot that's at an angle by itself because the bones didn't form right in birth. 
Probably because probably someone just had to keep picking up rocks while they were pregnant when building their house. Uh, <laughs> I have a feeling my foot got broken one or two or three times in the womb. And then it just rehealed itself and just never formed back right. And that's why I got freaking deformed foot. And it's like all those years trying to slalom ski when we were water skiing. And I go off my left foot. That's my main foot that I slalom ski up. I could never hold a slalom ski. I could do everything else with skiing, but I could not slalom ski. And now I know why, because of that left foot. If I would have went off my right foot, I could have probably done it. Uh, the relationship between muscle weakness and plantar fasciitis is also related to inactivity, poor posture, uh, due to imbalance, chronic pain, fatigue, and other symptoms of multiple sclerosis. People with MS often find themselves unable to get as much physical activity as they used to. Lack of physical, physical activity causes the muscles to become weak and unable to support the body. And muscle weakness can also result from lesions causing myelin damage to the nerve fibers responsible for muscle stimulation and movement. Sometimes this can lead to difficulty with properly lifting the forefoot and toes, like I said, and smacking them on stuff, not getting them high enough when attempting to walk. A condition known as foot drop, or that is my main foot drop foot, is my left foot, which when that happens, the uh, toe, toe side of the foot will drop downward and you can't, you gotta struggle to bring it up or use a device that keeps it up for you, an L-shaped uh, foot device. Weakness in the leg muscles can force a change in your normal walking stride. This can result in a strain in strain and pain, making it even more difficult to walk. Uh, fatigue is among the most common and debilitating symptom of MS, as well as one of the hardest to explain. Fatigue is characterized by extreme loss of physical and mental energy. This can reduce a person's walking activity or endurance. Dragging one leg and walking unsteadily as a result of fatigue can cause strain to the plantar fascia, potentially leading to irritation and inflammation. As far as treating it, it may involve several approaches. Check with your doctor about different medications, therapies, surgery, home remedies that you can try. Uh, Medications, pain and inflammation caused by plantar fasciitis may be eased by medications such as over-the-counter pain relievers. Some examples like Advil and Motrin, ibuprofen, Aleve, naproxen, or Tylenol, acetaminophen. It's important to speak with your doctor before starting any new medication regimen. Make sure nothing conflicts with your other medications. There's several types of therapies to relieve plantar fasciitis. A physical therapist will help guide you through a series of exercises to stretch the plantar fascia, like I mentioned earlier. And we'll show you how to strengthen your leg muscles. Uh, night splints, wearing a splint while you sleep can help stretch the arch of your foot and calf, which I should probably start wearing because my left foot was 
the main problem last night again. In the past few nights. Uh, but yeah, I have one of those splints that I can wear while I sleep. And then see how well it works. I haven't tried it yet. I just picked it up a few months back, I believe. Arch supports or orthotics are inserted into your shoes and help diffuse pressure evenly across your feet. Orthotics can be custom made for your feet or purchased at a local drugstore. Unless you're like me and have a deformed foot, it makes your foot hurt way worse, which sucks. That pissed me off. I spent a lot of money on orthotics. Over the years, that did not help. It has caused more pain for me, but I am not your typical person. Typically, plantar fasciitis can be relieved with conservative treatments, such as with therapies and support devices. If conservative treatment does not work over several months, your doctor might suggest a procedure or surgery, which may involve steroid injections to temporarily relieve pain. Therapy, using sound waves to promote tissue healing. Tissue repair, using ultrasound to remove damaged tissue. And plantar fascia removal surgery, which I talked about with my doctor and not a fan of it. It's like three of my main issues are things that they want to go in and cut these nerves and tendons and stuff. And so I don't really want to cut these things yet <laughs> until I absolutely have to. But by the end, I'm going to be like Dark Man, not feel anything, which is probably a good thing. It's better than feeling all this fucking pain all the time. <laughs> Uh, there are many self-care remedies you can use to manage the pain associated with plantar fasciitis. Maintain a healthy weight. Stretch your, f- stretch your plantar fasciitis uh, nerve or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> tendon, nerve, muscle, stretch it out. Uh, as well as stretching out your calf muscles and your Achilles tendon and kind of work them all together, but get those through your therapist, your different stretching routines, uh, proper footwear with arch supports and heel supports can help if your feet can handle those things where mine can't. Uh, cold therapy, using ice packs, wrapped in a taller cloth for 15 minutes, three to four times per day. I am a fan of the cold, hot therapy myself. 15 minutes cold, 15 minutes hot. Going back and forth, work, make the, get the muscle confused and see if you can work out the pain that way. Uh, Sciatica-wise, that's a key therapy that I like to use, uh, light physical activity, such as stretching can relieve stiffness and tension. Talk with others who have it and you can find, I'm sure Facebook sites and stuff that have groups that deal with it and might have some tech tips for you. And I definitely suggest trying them rolling a ball underneath the center of your foot while you're just sitting and just work your foot back and forth and stretch that 
muscle. That's a good, good trick to do even when it's not hurting to keep that muscle nicely stretched so it doesn't act up. Which I haven't been doing, so I deserve to have it act up. So I'm gonna, today I will be doing some stretching of it. Uh, there's a new thing going around with them talking. I believe I brought it up not long ago, but uh, B cells infected by Epstein Barr virus may be linked to MS relapse risk. And the the immune B cells that proliferate unchecked when infected by the Epstein-Barr virus appear to increase the risk of relapses in patients with multiple sclerosis. According to a mouse study, all these stupid advertisements just keep popping up. Join this, do that. It's like, I just want to read the shit on the freaking page. Uh, the study was called, this study was called Epstein-Barr virus. Immortalized B lymphocytes exasperate experimental autoimmune encephalomyelitis in xenograft mice. It's quite the name header for a study, but EBV, also known as human Herpes virus 4 is one of the most common of human viruses. It causes infectious mononucleosis, mononucleosis, I think is what it, how you say it, also called mono, and is known, is a known risk factor for MS. And I know they talk about whether we had mono or not when we were kids, but to explore the link between MS and mono in more detail, researchers at the University of Nebraska used mice with experimental autoimmune encephalomyelitis myelitis, EAE, an established model of MS, and injected them with immortalized EBV injections, B cells obtained from a patient with secondary progressive MS. Uh, and they were, the mice were monitored for signs and, uh, yeah, you know, the basics of how they torture the animals to find out what's wrong with us, but thumbs up to them giving their lives to try and get us some results. But, uh, the reason I bring that up is they do have recently there has been mention of another new phase one clinical trial of Moderna, which is the COVID-19 vaccine, the company that I researched and chose to take the vaccine for and felt I was safe by going with Moderna. I'm not a fan of Pfizer. I'm not I haven't liked a lot of stuff that I've seen with Pfizer. So I, I decided to go with Moderna, but now we're finding out that Moderna is in a, this phase one clinical trial of an mRNA vaccine for Epstein-Barr virus starting at UMass chain. Uh, 
Epstein-Barr virus is a common cause of infectious mononucleosis implicated in development of several cancers. Uh, And they're finding that they feel that uh, the Epstein-Barr virus may be associated highly with uh, multiple sclerosis and some people feel that if they can come up with a vaccine for the Epstein-Barr virus it might help help with MS issues uh, maybe help with part of the cure or maybe curing MS in the future. I don't know, but there is positive talk about it. Uh, So I was happy to see that Moderna is working on this phase one clinical trial. And I'm going to keep an eye on all this and see where it goes. Uh, I will gladly get into any Moderna trial that they had, if they had any to offer in my state. So I'm going to keep an eye out for that and see what we come up with. But, uh, yeah, I say go for it. See what you guys can come up with. See, find some good stuff for us down the road and come maybe figure something out about this a connection between the Epstein-Barr virus because I know... I dealt with mono as a kid and all that, so I know I got to have the Epstein-Barr virus in my body. Well, I do have it. It's been proven in my testings in the past. Uh, I don't don't have those. I should have. I think I'm going to work on that this year. I'm going to get all my test results all laid out. I want to get myself a nice whiteboard so I can just... Write up a bunch of stuff on it so I have it in the background. But uh, I'd like to get all my medical history of my results and everything all put onto some type of chart so I can uh, refer back to it whenever I want. Whenever I'm looking at different links to different diseases and all that stuff because I have tested positive for a variety of some of the rare, very rare symptoms. Uh, that people have and we also have a book that was made <laughs> about our family history because between the stuffles the vice beers the client hanses the uh, the nices uh i'm trying to think all the families that were included in that but we had a book made up uh, showing all the fucked up things we had in our families over the years. And when you sit there and have families of farmers that basically brought farming into this part of Wisconsin and got everything going and got the railroads and the feed mills and all that set up in this area. And these families had 10 to 15 kids (laughs) On average, you're going to have a couple of those kids that aren't going to make it. They're going to go at a young age or for some weird condition or something just because you're over-reproducing over the years. 
It's like put your pecker in your pants or wrap that rascal or something. It's like you don't need that many workers on your farm for Christ's sakes. But uh, yeah, it's like I had an uncle that died at, I think it was five, six years old of polio. I've had uncles die in their older age, 20s, 30s, 40s of different types of uh, aortic and arterial uh, aneurysm style things. We have uh, Epstein-Barr virus. Uh, no, I can't think of them. That's why I want to get this all written out. I could, there's a bunch of different things that we've had throughout our families. Uh, they're linked to different things, and it's good stuff to ha have your... Uh, have set up with your doctor so they know your background and your history and all that stuff. So I can just take that book and slap it down in front of my doctor and say, here, read something. <laughs> if you're really interested, when I spent the two weeks in the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, it's like, while I was in ICU and stuff, they came up and we worked on a whole family history that the Mayo Clinic did about our family and stuff. So we got that too. So some interesting stuff we'll talk about someday. But we're going to end this today talking. Well, we're just going to mention it is John Boat Bon Jovi's <clears throat> 60th birthday. I remember going to a concert back in the day where he floated across above the audience on a little cable and he kicked one person in the head accidentally and there was a rumor going around after that that person got aids from john Macho. <laughs> no, that's what times were like back then before the internet kiddies we used to make up stories all the time but he's alive and doing well at 60 years old so still kicking ass and serving food to help out the needy but uh yeah it's we're running out of time, so be good to yourself, be good to everybody else. Kick the shit out of the monster, and we will get back to you again sometime soon. Be good. <laughs>